Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. I hope you all had an awesome Labor Day weekend if you live in the U.S. and had it off. I know I did and uh, I hope you all are having a great Tuesday morning as well. Um, my name is Sean Tierney from the Automation Blog and School and this is my daily roundup of what's new and happening in industrial automation. And with that, let's go ahead and get started here by taking a look at our first story. Actually, before that, I do want to say thank you to our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or skater training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. So from there, we go to our first story. This is a new product from Balif. This is a new 12 megapixel 3D stereo camera, which uh, they say delivers high resolution results. And I believe it because, and it's a unique uh, look if you're listening and not watching, it's uh, actually had has three different lenses on it. But in any case, um, it does support up to 12 megapixels and a frame, a frame rate up to nine images per second. Okay, it also has, uh, um, they say, it, highly accurate 3D image processing. Okay, the model number is the BVS 3D underscore RV1. And I think if we go down here, we'll see some more of the features. Um, it does support up to four meters. It supports a gig e-vision interface, has an IP54 rating, and adjustable lenses. So congratulations to Balif on their new vision camera. From there, let's go over to Oriental Motor. They have a new A-Step electric gripper based on the EH series. This has an AZ stepper motor uh, attached with it, or an A-Step AZ series motor with it. Now, uh, these these are designed to pick up those tough to grab items and I was looking for an image of it I was really struggling here um, You know when I go to this link it shows the um, It shows the AZ motors right not the grippers. Well, you can see it down here, but it's kind of blurry So in any case congratulations on launching it. We would love to have some more pictures though of it guys From there we go and that's the that's the best I could do. Yeah, it's kind of blurry from there we go over to a, a product announcement from Phoenix contact about Smart Edge Computing powered by PLC Next technology. Okay, I thought this was very interesting. Now, what you're seeing here is a panel, your typical electrical enclosure, you know, this uh, DIN rail, this uh, wire duct, and uh, some devices in there, right? And I believe those are what they're calling their, um, let's see, where is it here? Their secure edge box and their data collection box. So kind of a pre-wired, you know, drop-in system. But what really was interesting about this announcement was their edge computing. Now, what we see here on the screen are a couple of DIN rail mount industrial computers, right? They almost look like switches, but there's only two ethernet ports. You got a couple of ethernet ports, you got a couple of USB ports, you got a power port and some LEDs. Looks like an SD flash. Let's see if we can get that bigger here. Is that an SD or, uh, oh, that looks like a, a display port, monitor port. Um, or maybe that's, I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it kind of looks like a uh, an external hard drive SATA port. But anyways, um, one of the models also has two serial ports on it. But the, here's the big thing about these. You know, it's not just, we see industrial computers every day, right? Little IPCs that then rail them out. Um, this actually has PLC Next PLC engine built into it, right? These are industrial computers with the PLC Next 
you know, I don't know, consider it like a soft PLC runtime built in. So I thought that was very, very interesting. And I, I can see these being very useful in applications where you didn't have really, you're going to use all distributed I.O. or you're going to standardized on distributed I.O. platform and you want the computer to be, uh, you want a computer and a PLC all in one. So very interesting product line. You can see there's two models here. And uh, congratulations to Phoenix for the launch of this new product. From there, they also had an announcement about a new power supply. I thought this was very cool. So this is what it looks like here. It's, it's a little bit wider than your standard power supply, maybe uh, three times the size of a 10 amps, like the 10 amps I have on the wall behind me. But this new Quint Power Plus a version of their power supply not only has ATEX and IECX approval for Zone 2, right? So this is 40 amps, right? Uh, with Zone 2 um, ATEX and IEC uh, certifications. It also can be used in parallel. A lot of, a lot of power supply manufacturers uh, support that. But it also, with the uh, Plus version, you can get SIL 3 approval as well. All right, and then there's some other, other really cool things about this. Um, let's come down here to this section here. It's, uh, the range is 85 to 264 volts AC which is normal. It has a static boost of 45 amps and a dynamic boost of 60 amps, which is good, very good. And the temperature range though too was very wide, minus 40 to plus 75C, so very wide temperature range. So very interesting, 40, a new 40 amp power supply, DC power supply from Phoenix Contact. From there we go over to a new release from Advantech. They released a new mini ITX motherboard, right? So if you're looking to build a very tiny industrial computer, or tiny computer, um, this AIM B208 um, just has all kinds of ports on it. So um, you'll may notice here is that it has a PCIe port, right? A slot, right? So if you have to have an expansion card in your computer, you'll get that with this. And uh, some of the great things about this thing is just a number of ports. Well, first of all, let's take about, talk about the, the basics, right? We, we already talked about the ITX standard mini ITX. It supports 12th and 13th gen. Uh, core pro desktop processors up to 24 cores. Supports uh, up to 64 gigabytes of DDR4 memory. Um, and it comes with triple independent displays. You get two DP, one HDMI, and one LVDS. And uh, you get an M2 for memory, an M2 for Wi-Fi. You get a, the PCIe Time 16 Gen 4 slot, right? So that's important. And then you get four USB 3.2, six USB 2.0s, and two SATA. So um, lots of ports. There's also audio in there. You can see the audio port right here. And uh, so if you're looking to build a tiny PC with lots of ports, you know, this, this has some features that a lot of them don't have like SATA and the PCIe X16 slot. So with that, let's go over to our next product here. This is from Asus Rock. And this is a new, what they're calling the new 4X4 um, Box 74. Yeah, let me see if I can do that again. 4x4 box 740 series mini PC. Now this is the industrial side of AS Rock. Um, so these we're talking industrial specs here. And this unit supports the latest uh, AMDs. It's the AMD Ryzen. And um, we're looking at the 740 here, of course. And it supports DDR5, which we were talking about last week. It also supports four 4K displays. And this is the first industrial product I've seen with the USB 4, okay? So let's take a look at the specs down here. Um, we got, uh, let's see here. 
two USB 4s, one USB 3.2 Gen 2, you get two USB 2.0 ports, one audio jack, one DC jack. And then it has integrated uh, Radeon graphics, supporting four quad 4K, four 4K displays. And uh, you know, two of them are HDMI 1.4B and two of them are DisplayPoint 1.4A, but the DisplayPorts use USB-C. Now I know some of you may not be familiar with that, so I wanted to show a picture of here. So here you see your standard USB-C like you'd have on an Android phone, right, newer phones. Um, but these also can be used for DisplayPort too. So we're gonna, I think we're gonna see a lot more of that in the future. We talked about this, we had a great article about this a few weeks ago from one of the computer manufacturers talking about the future, you know, HDMI versus DisplayPort versus USB-C. And so I really think this is in our future. We're going to be seeing a lot more of this. Now, I just wanted to show you the back as well. Let me zoom out here a little bit. And the back, the back. Which one's the back? Yeah. So here you can see the two USB 2.0s, the HDMIs, and the dual Ethernet ports, which I believe are 2.5 gigabyte, or gigabit rather. And so, um, you know, not just your standard one gigabit. So you can see that all listed right here. All right. So from there, we go over to a new product from Kant's. Not what I was expecting from Kiants this morning. Um, this is, uh, they're releasing their own RPA, Robotic Process Automation. Um, it's not what it sounds like. Basically, this is automating, uh, it's like a macro for your PC, right? Macro automation for your PC. Basically, it'll do things on your PC that you would normally do yourself. Um, like, you know, click on different things, you know, press different buttons, move the mouse, things like that. A lot of companies have this type of software out there. This is not new to the industry. And um, I tried to get the um, more information about it, but the, it's behind. You have to create an account and log in. So if it's, you're interested in something like this, check out the link over at automate.news, the Kansas website. But um, that's all the information I we have because the, the bar to get the actual data was, was requiring you to create an account and log in and all that. From there, we go to our featured product of today. And I'm featuring my S7 uh, 1200 and 1500 online course over at theautomationschool.com because... I'll be moving the uh, control logics and compact logics off of the table. Actually, this afternoon, I got to do a lot of organization out here. And I'll be moving in the S7s because I, there's a couple of more lessons I want to add to this to, to consider it phase one complete. I mean, I recently added several more articles, uh, hours, several more hours of interviews with Siemens to this. But, um, and it's already a very long course with, um, uh, you know, quizzes and exercises and all that. But... There's still, there was a list of things I wanted to add to it. One of them is, I really thought the new version of PLC Sim version 18 was not very, well, it was very different from the last version. I actually had difficult figuring out how to use it. So I'm like, well, my students may be struggling too. If you, if you get it right now and then you go get the version 18 demo, you'll be like, hey, this looks totally different. So things like that, I just feel like I need to add a few more lessons. So that's what I'm going to start working on tomorrow. And uh, today the whole, the, the goal is to get everything on the bench and all the cameras set up and make sure everything's working to add those lessons. Um, so from there, we go over to a new article from Umron, and this is about AMRs. Now, we've talked a lot about AMRs. We've shown you a lot of articles from AMRs, but I really enjoyed this one. It goes through, and uh, here's the title of the article, Transforming Manufacturing Processes with AMRs, Boosting Efficiency and Adaptability. And I thought it was a fresh take on, you know, what makes AMRs popular you know, like streamlining material handling, right? Whether you're going between a warehouse and a production line or from a production line to a warehouse or between two different lines, um, you know, they make a good point there. They also talk about flexible and agile production. 
they talk about improved safety and ergonomics. And, you know, a lot of us who are getting older, you know, we start feeling that, you know, when we're doing these repetitive motions, maybe we're, it's typing code or using the mouse all day, you know, you start getting, your hands start to hurt. And so, you know, that happens in warehouses. I've worked in warehouses when I was a kid and, you know, you do the same thing over and over again, it starts to hurt, right? So this can really help in those type of very repetitive actions. Um, like unloading a bin and loading a bin. And if you're doing that all day, it, it can wear you out. So in any case, they also go into inventory management. Of course, you can put, uh, you know, uh, QR code scanners, barcode scanners. You can put RFID on AMRs so you can uh, precisely track where, where it's going where and find the stuff um, quickly. Also, data-driven data decision-making. <clears throat> I think that's good, too, because a lot of times just watching you know, where the AMR went and how long it waited at each station can tell you a lot about you, the flow of production, right? And so they make a good case there. So a good article from Umron on AMRs. From there we go over to Oriental Motor. And again, I thought this was a very good article. It's entitled, Why Brushless Motors Make Sense for Conveyors. Now, at the beginning of the article, they admit, look, if you just have a conveyor that runs all the time at the same speed, just use an AC motor, makes sense, right? But um, they start talking about, you know, if you're not doing a, uh, if you're not controlling the con conveyor with a, well, you need precise precision, right? So like you're not controlling it with a stepper or a servo. They make the case for brushless motors and they really go into some uh, detail here. So if you're interested in that topic, I think you'll enjoy this article. They really go pretty deep into it, and, but it's also very accessible as well. So um, I thought it was an interesting article to share with you this morning. From there, we go over to an article. Now, this may be great for any junior people you have or if you've never used a UPS. This is from Schneider Electric, and it's talked about how to get long-term value from a modular single-phase UPS system. And I know every time I've bought a UPS system that did not have uh, the ability to replace the batteries, I've regretted it. Now, all the new ones I'm buying have replaceable batteries, right? So in any case, um, I thought it was a good introductory article on the subject. And then we go over to Aviva. Now they have a new article out entitled Industrial, uh, Industrial Artificial Intelligence Revolutionizing Industries. And uh, I am so tongue-tied this morning, I apologize. But in any case, um, I thought this was an excellent article. He talks about what is industrial AI, how AI is transforming industry, what industries are most impacted, and what is an example of AI used in our industry today. And what is the future, perhaps, of AI? Now, um, it's a very deep article. I thought it was very well written, very easy to read. I do not agree with all the assumptions and conclusions he makes. But that's great, right? Because you're going to have different opinions, right, out there. I mean, it's a big world, lots of people. So um, I still wanted to share it with you. Even though I don't quite agree with everything he says, I, I still thought it was well done. And, and it'll make you think. If, you, if you're one of those people following AI, it'll definitely give you some things to think about. Maybe you'll agree with them, maybe you won't. But in any case, that was from Aviva. And from here we go over to, uh, this is not so much an article, it's like a definition from Obviously MDT. And this is entitled Manufacturing X, Revolution in Manufacturing Technology. Now, I don't remember ever hearing this term before. Being a member of Generation X, I think I would have remembered this. But in any case, let me tell you how they define Manufacturing X. And they call it a concept that defines a modern era of manufacturing technology that blends Industry 4.0 principles with technologies like IoT, AI, 
robotics, and data analytics. So that's a lot. Basically, I think it says take Industry 4.0 and add all the new stuff together. But uh, I thought it was very interesting. I'll link to the full definition over at um, automate.news, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about that as well. Uh, from there, we go to a new article from Global American, and this is a great intro introductory article about why human-machine interfaces are critical. And, um, you know, if you have somebody junior, somebody just getting into industrial automation, and they don't know what an HMI is, this is a great article to share with them. And um, it kind of reminds me of when I first got started 33 years ago, and you still see a lot of those big operator panels full of lights and buttons and training somebody on that and what did what, that was time consuming. And today, it's just so much easier, especially with the uh, generation that's grown up on, like my grandkids have grown up on touchscreens, right? So with the current generation, uh, you know, being touch touchscreen raised, right? It's just so much easier for them to uh, visual, I see a visualization of the of the production on a screen, and you know you can just put so much, then you could put on a nameplate. We used to try to squish stuff on nameplates for our buttons and lights. You can just put be so expansive, right? When you have an HMI, right, and you can have multiple pages, and it's just I, I you guys know what the benefits are. But I thought they did a good job of trying to capture, you know, what life was like before then, and why they're so important and useful in today's industry. And from there, uh, for events coming up, uh, the folks over at Unitronics have one about uh, a wastewater treatment facility that they recently automated. This is on Wednesday, September 27th at 10 a.m. Eastern. And then uh, for downloads, there was a couple of new GSD files for Siemens ET200SP distributed I.O. We also had some new manuals out. Uh, Rockwell uh, had three. The first one was on their embedded edge compute module, 1756 long catalog number and that let me show you a picture of that now i don't know if you guys have ever used these this is like a computer in a slot i've never found a good application going all the way back to the 1771 dsx 2 and 4 uh which were uh, 1771 modules that were i think they were 1771 or 1785 or 1784 something like that but they fit in the 1771 chassis and they were computers but i've never found a good use for them because because you know, it's typically less expensive just to buy a, a DIN rail mount industrial computer or a slim industrial computer and put it on the side of the PLC versus in the chassis. But if you know of a good application for these, please let me know. I know people use them because they keep making them, right? So that manual's out. Um, also, they had two manuals on the optics panel, one for the compact panel and one for the standard panel. So these are 2800 series. And um, I'm excited to see a new HMI from Rockwell. Very interesting stuff. The one thing I couldn't find is what's the difference between, difference between a compact and a standard? So, and, and the reason I say this is, think about it, right? If we go back to the PanelView Plus and PanelView Plus 6, compact meant that panel could only talk to one PLC, okay? Then we fast forward to the PanelView Plus 7, standard replaced compact and standard meant it could only talk to one PLC. So now we have two panels, one's called compact, one's called standard. Are they both limited to one PLC? What's the difference between them? So I did some searching. I actually made myself run a little late this morning because I was digging and digging and digging, trying to figure out what's the difference between these two. And uh, the best thing I found, and I will include this link at automate.news, was this sheet here. And I got to say, on a positive side, both these panels include a 232, 422, 485 port. I pray that they support DF1, Modbus and DH45, that would be awesome. But in any case, um, the only thing I could find, and I don't, I, I, maybe I'm looking in the wrong place. Maybe I didn't have enough cup of coffee this morning, enough coffee this morning. 
But um, one has 11 feature tokens and the other one has eight feature tokens. And for, for the life of me, I could not find what a feature token was. So still hoping to get them on the podcast to explain this stuff to us. I mean, it's exciting to see a new HMI launched by a vendor, but there's just so much new and the terminology is different. Just, just very curious on what all this means. From there, we go over to uh, manuals from Siemens. They released a new manual on their rugged, rugged com. We were just talking about thin rail mount industrial PCs, right? And so there's what that guy looks like there. And uh, they also released a new manual on their uh, Centron 3WA3 power circuit breakers. Those look like some pretty beefy breakers right there. From there, we go over to a new uh, brochure from Emerson, brand new about their Branson Pulse Staker. And also they have a new manual on their EZH pressure reducing regulators. Okay, and it is September. So they, a lot of times they'll put things up there that have like a 2017 date on them. I don't, I don't bring those up. Only the ones that are within a month of, of when they're posted. Now with that, if you think I missed any news today, and I, I, I looked, there wasn't, there wasn't as much as normal, but we still had a good show, right? But uh, if you think I missed anything, please use the news tip link to send me your thoughts, ideas, on what news I missed or just to say hi. And um, I do want to thank our sponsor, theautomationschool.com that makes this show possible. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or skater training, you know where to send them. And from there, um, I just want to thank everybody who's following me over at automation.locals.com. It's our own little private community. Um, you can follow for free. Um, and you can, if you want to become part of the conversation, ask me questions. I answer every question I know the answer to. Um, and I try to guide people if I don't, or, you know, if they, they get into more of a, like an ethernet topic, like they need to know ethernet basics. I'll try to encourage them to find that on the web because that stuff's pretty easy to find. But in any case, um, I want to thank everybody who's been signing up and following me really appreciate it. And I really hats off to everybody who's buying me a cup of coffee every month as a, as a full blown member. Appreciate you guys. Um, from there, I do want to thank uh, the folks over the weekend who picked up a copy of my ebook. Um, I know some of you like to get the uh, my uh, Control Logics book. Some of you like the Compact Logics ebook. We also have video collections up there. And a huge thanks to anybody who picks up one of our coffee cups, t-shirts, or other swags up there as well. And with that, just a reminder: after the show, after I edit it and upload it to all the destinations, of course we're live right now on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. But uh, after the fact, once it gets uploaded and sent to all the other locations, um, I will be coming up to automate.news and adding links to everything we covered. And uh, you'll also see links to the shows there. So that's uh, September 1st. And then I do a roundup on the weekend, which is just a compilation of all the shows. So if somebody just wants to listen for an hour to everything for the week, I also uh, put a link to that as well. That's not available on podcasting services because... Uh, of the cost. It just costs every time I do a podcast, there's a fee to, to do that. So, but it is on all the video platforms for free. Um, and with that, I just want to thank you all for tuning in today. Um, Tuesday after a long weekend, right? It's like time to get back at it. So the good news is it's a shorter week, right? Actually, I actually, a lot of times when you're self-employed, you want to have more time to work because you get so much to get done. But in either case, whichever situation you are in, I want to wish, wish you a very happy, safe, healthy, and well-spoken day. And until next time, my friends, peace.